Welcome to the Growing Together podcast, a show for inspiring conversation and practical steps to help your church become the church where all generations thrive. I'm your host, Justin Koo, and today my guest is Justin Ying. He's a young adult director at the Texas Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. He's worked as a missionary in India, the Philippines, China, Thailand, and Laos, and has spent several years as a ministries director for the Center of Youth Evangelism. So in our last episode, you talked about the difference between empathy and sympathy. And I'll I'll be honest with you, growing up, I didn't know what the difference was. I knew that they rhymed and they meant different things. And usually people like really referred to them as very separate ideas, but I didn't always understand what that meant. Like, so I would appreciate just so that we can all get on the same page. What's the difference in your mind between sympathy and empathy? Because you said we don't need sympathy, but we do need empathy. Yeah, one of the most profoundly like, like life-changing moments for me personally was to learn the difference between sympathy and empathy. And that happened through a growing young cohort where the speaker actually talked about it. And they talked about how sympathy is feeling sorry for a person from a distance. Okay. So it's like, oh, that's, that's so sad that happened. I'm so sorry. I will be praying for you. That's sympathy. Okay. And then they explain how empathy is you you actually do close the gap, go toward that person, sit right next to the person. You don't say, "Hey, I'm sorry that happened to you." You literally just sit and say, "I'm here with you." So it's your presence and it's your willingness to like journey with that person in that moment. And the way that was explained to me, just, you know, there's light bulbs going in my mind because I was like, oftentimes I confuse the two (laughs) or I didn't know the difference between the two, like you said. And that's how I began to um, realize what it was. Yeah, because growing up for me, and maybe it's partially due to, you know, Asian culture, maybe it's just the way that my dad raised us. I, I always felt like if you don't got an answer, keep your mouth shut. Like we're trying to solve a problem here. So just coming in and sitting in the space and being with someone, it, it didn't feel very productive. It didn't feel like it would actually make things better. Man, I totally empathize with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> because if you weren't needed and you couldn't contribute to a situation, you weren't, you weren't needed. Uh-huh. It's like, what are you doing here? Uh-huh. Yeah, I totally got that. And that's what I grew up with as well. And that, that's something that I almost put on others as well, because in any church meeting or any type of um, gathering that I coordinate, mm. I found myself only gathering people that was needed. Huh. And uh, I don't know. What, what, that what radically do you, what, began to change. What, what do you mean? So you have a board meeting, you're only gathering mm. the necessary people. Who are the necessary people under this paradigm? So if there's anyone that's holding a positional leadership or that has some type of, I guess, I guess, say or, you know, wisdom to what is being discussed to make that meeting very effective, productive, very efficient as possible. Huh. And you're, you're shooting for efficiency. So you just gather the, you know, the group of people that you need. You, you constantly form subcommittees that will just get the job done. Huh. But in the, in the due process, you're not getting ample feedback from the people that you're trying to minister to. Huh. And I just recognize that if you're trying to be efficient, it's often the efficiency is probably the enemy of empathy. 
Oh. Because with relationships that hurts. and with anything <laughs> that really hurt me when I first recognized it. Oh. So I'm all about efficiency. I'm like, what's the most efficient way we can do this? Oh, okay. So uh, empathy right. and efficiency, they're enemies. Okay. Well, once the empathetic relationship is formed and it's founded on empathy, efficiency and productivity, like it, it goes <laughs> it goes on a whole another level and chapter. But I think the process of empathy is very inefficient. Ah, it's like, or maybe it's a counterintuitive way to be efficient, perhaps. So you, you right. gave us an example right. of like a board meeting. You would only invite maybe voting members of the board, people with influence and authority. And you said that it, it seems to suggest that that specific example was wrong and that you tried something different that was more empathy driven. Is that right? That is correct. So what did you do as an alternative? Because I mean, a board meeting that's not 100 people deep does sound way more efficient than having the core dozen people that you need. So who did you who right. did you start invi inviting and, and why? So we began to invite the the youth representation, the young adult representation, the people, the young family representation, and uh, you know the different uh, uh, corners of different ministries that was running at the church. We we wanted representation from almost a, every age group huh. and ministries that were rep represented to hear from them of what uh, they saw through their eyes. We wanted to see their vantage point. And you know, conversation ran long, and we were like, do we really need to do this? Some of the elders and deacons were fidgeting. It's like, let's get this done and over with. Uh, but that was our process of empathy. That was, the, that was the due process that we went through to grow young as a church. I'm curious what these young people said, in the, or did they say anything in the meetings? Because I know that my first time in a board meeting, I was kind of intimidated. I more or less kept my mouth shut because I didn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. So from the very you know onset of the meeting and as they were invited, we set uh, some regulations and guidelines as to, hey, you if you're going to be just um, <laughs> listening, and they, they had time to listen, but I said, your role here right now, you're, the, the reason you're invited to this meeting is to provide your feedback huh. of how you really feel and we, we, we set the tone, the culture, the environment to a place where whatever you say, there's not going to be any backlash <laughs> or any judgment or, you know, how dare you say that. And any, so anything you do, say won't be used against you in a court of law. <laughs> right. So I had to actually previously train my older and seasoned leaders to keep their mouths shut when the younger generation <laughs> you know, began to speak. Oh, man. Yeah. Did that did that work? Did that the blow over well? Oh man, like we had to do a lot of try try and error in the beginning. And some of the young people, this is sadly speaking, and this is reality. Uh -huh. uh, some of them were discouraged by some of the comments that were made by some of the deacons or elders as a result of them giving their feedback. Huh. But I had to always go again to the young person and said, "Hey, that was valuable. We needed to hear that. Can you please come back again and?" Tell us what you really felt. I had to also go back to the older uh, elder or deacon that made that comment and said, please, please just uh, for one hour, just keep the thoughts to yourself and really listen to these people. So uh -huh. I was very busy <laughs> and in trying to make this work out.
Wow. Okay. So yeah. you're having young people show or young representation show up. Uh, they're sharing their thoughts and ideas. Not always received well, but they are sharing it. Sometimes they're getting received well. Um, you're, you're talking about empathy. What did you begin to see differently due to the fact that they were represented in these board meetings? Or what did your board begin to see differently? So, um, I mean, when you are... Uh, intently listening to different vantage points of the younger generation. There's a fundamental shift, and it's a paradigm shift for the older generation, something that they've never heard or seen before. So even walking into the church, whether it's the parking lot, the way the greeters are lined up, where the information table is, or how the sofa is aligned, and how the children's room is, you know, in, in a mess. Like every single one of the details that they pointed out, and it's almost like a first-time visitor or guest telling you everything that's wrong with your church. Oh, no. Okay? It really hurts, but you know that's true. Okay. And we had to have a follow-up meeting with the older generation. Was, what did you really think about what they said? And truth be told, because we were going on this empathetic journey with each other, they began to really embrace some of the things that, they were, that, were, that was being mm. said. And that's the beauty of empathy because once empathy is established and you trust each other and all of you know that you're doing this for the well-being of the church, the feedback is welcomed, it's embraced, and you begin to implement changes that are necessary. Wow. Yeah, I think that that can't be overstated. That the reason why your older leadership was even willing to pay attention to these kids, you know, who were just pointing out all the bad things in their church is was because you led with empathy or maybe you had you created a culture where you know this team started to learn the value of empathy where they felt safe to share their ideas uh, and so they started to mirror that to young people because I, I can imagine that going really poorly in a lot of locations in a lot of in a lot of situations where these kids just come in and they just have this negative attitude and they're so entitled you know we, we hear these things on the internet all the time and yet it doesn't seem like that's the spirit in which things were ultimately received in. Right. And I'm glad that you, put, you brought that out because leaders, especially church in the, in the church world, the leadership, they have to lead with empathy. And what God taught me first and foremost in my, in my beginning journey of ministry in Atlanta was empathy. And when that was actually shown and practiced and implemented by that one other, and we talked about that one other yeah. in our previous session, <laughs> And you know what happened with that elder? He actually began to invite his children back to church. Wow. So there were, I, I think, about two or three um, sons and daughters that weren't attending church, that was disillusioned with the church, that had been away for a while. He invited them back, and he told them, hey, there's a really empathetic pastor in our church now. He will definitely listen to what you have to say. And they came, and we shared a meal together, and we talked together. And one of his sons actually became a deacon of the church. Wow! And you know, you know, you know how that you know, the whole transformation began begins with the elder. His children are now in church with his grandchildren, and they're taking ownership. And other people witness, and it's it's a domino effect. Wow. It's a momentum that has built. And many many of the other older parents that were you know that hadn't talked to their children for the longest time they began to invite their children as well. So young families began to really boom. 
in, in the context of our church. I mean, I mean, that just makes sense, right? Like if you're in an environment where no one pays you any attention and the moment that you finally have the courage to say something, you just get shot down. You know, I, I, I can't imagine many people want to be there. Maybe if you're in a position of authority, you're willing to stick around because there's, you know, you got some skin in the game. But if you're just under this environment where no one seems to care about you, why would you stick around? And I can just imagine exactly. like the breath of fresh air. You know, I'm, a, I'm, I'm guessing some of these young people have left because they felt run out of the church. They felt like they didn't matter. And all of a sudden, you know, the, 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 all of a sudden, right? Because it, it happened overnight, not over the span of many, many, many months and years. But all of a sudden they come back and it's like, man, they're welcome. They're greeted with a warmth that's hard to quantify. And, and behind the scenes, we see what's happening and how this warmth is being cultivated. It's, it's through listening. It's through intentionality. It's through empathy and doing life together. And I got to imagine that for those young people who felt so far away from God, when they come back and they see a transformed church and they feel the difference, like that's, that's got to be a really good thing for them. And I guess, yeah. you know, if I even can think about God, how he feels about the whole situation. I mean, he's got to just be looking down on it all and just, just grinning ear to ear, right? Yeah. Actually, one of the elders that actually mentioned in one of the Sabbaths that uh, we had worship together, we had a joint worship together where, you know, multi and intergenerations were in worship together in both languages. And it was super difficult to actually do something like that. You know, and before the culture change, mm -hmm. everyone would have been like, why is this so long? Why do we need to even translate, go back and forth? This is so weird. Why do we have a children's story? They're so, you know, they're mm -hmm. running, messing around. But after the culture change, when we had joint worship and when it was time for us to actually head over to Potluck, this elder uh, that had been at this church for the longest time, he told me, I have never seen this church this happy. Wow. And wow. it was just, it, it, it was a clear indication for me personally. It was, it was like a, almost an affirmation that's straight from God saying yeah. that we are on the right track because everyone is so glad to be there, even though there's so many like inefficient <laughs> things that they have to go through. Yeah, they're just glad to be together. And is, isn't that what the body of Christ is for? That's that, to I be mean, there together. That's that's absolutely it. I'm so encouraged by this story. And when I think about how it all began, like it started because you were spending some intentional time in that in that quiet place with with God, and when God moved you and impressed you to do something, you didn't shy away from it. And even when the thing that he impressed you to do wasn't quote unquote successful, you kept at it and kept at it and you were faithful. And I just think like, man, if that's all it takes, all it takes is faithfulness to do what God has called you to do. You know, that's something that I think many of us can do. I think that, I think that, that we can all do that. And so I'm just so encouraged by the story. I just see the power. Like, I, I mean, you, you and I have talked behind the scenes about how empathy has transformed our individual lives and hearing this about how it transforms communities and families. I'm just like, man, yes, this, I want to double down on this because this matters. This makes a difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so encouraged by the fact that you have stated what you stated because, wow, I think if the Adventist church as a whole in North America began a movement of empathy mm -hmm. and began to really grow toward culture change, you know, what an amazing church we would have as a family. Yeah. You know, yeah. at any given point of juncture to imagine any young person walking into a church completely welcomed with empathetic listening ears. Wow. I know that that's what wakes me up every single morning. 
Amen. Because Amen. to be stirred by that vision, yeah. to see churches come alive. Yeah. Well, well, I appreciate it. Justin, you're not alone in that vision. I think that many people listen to this, myself included. This is the, this is the, this is the type of church we believe in. This is that type of church that we're committed to. And uh, so we're all working towards it together. Justin, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate your stories, your insights. Man, I'm, I'm inspired and I'm challenged by it, but I, I appreciate it very much. Thank you for having me.